The Rangers absolutely annihilated the Royals in the series opener with a great gem from Andrew Heaney and a massive offensive performance and now sit atop the AL West alone. On today's show, I'm getting into all that and more on this episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, on today's show, we're getting into the 11-2 absolute obliteration of the Kansas City Royals. A great game from Andrew Heaney after a tough first start and a massive offensive breakout performance from these Rangers. But first, this episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MLB60 and use code MLB60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Now, Andrew Heaney just had the best start of his Texas Rangers career. Granted, it's a sample size of two, but it was significantly better than the truly terrible first start out there. He looked amazing against, granted, a not super great Royals lineup. It was one of the worst lineups in baseball, but hey, he did what you need to do when you face off against a terrible lineup. He absolutely went out there and dominated. It was a little bit of a struggle early on for him, but he finished with a fantastic line. Five innings, just two hits, one run, which was unearned, a pair of walks, and 10 strikeouts, including nine to start the game. His first nine outs were all on strikeouts. That is an American League record. That is a club franchise record that has only been done twice ever in the history of the American League. Um, Two Detroit players were the ones who did it in 2020. Tyler Alexander did that um, against Cincinnati, and Doug Fister did it in 2012 against, well, these Kansas City Royals, who have been a bit of a, a bit of an offensively challenged team for quite some time, but Andrew Heaney looked absolutely phenomenal. A lot of swings and misses on the fastball and the slider. He looked like the pitcher the Rangers thought they were getting, and uh, it was needed. He's their number five starter, and he doesn't have to do anything magnificent. He doesn't have to do this every time out, but when you get a performance like this from your number five starter, it really kind of gives gives kind of a boost to the entire team. It's like, okay, the the guy who is, you know, the last guy in this rotation is stepping up and throwing a gem like this. And then the next day, you've got Jacob DeGrom on the hill. I was like, oh, oh, if Andrew Heaney did that to them, then wait till you see what I'm going to do to this team because it's going to be absolutely disgusting. But it was just a really great day from Heaney. He's a fastball slider changeup guy. The changeup does not use very often, but he used it very effectively uh, last night. He only threw it 12 times. 58 of his pitches were fastballs. 23 of them were sliders. Was able to get, I believe, 15 swings and misses, um, if my math is correct on that, which is is the most 19 excuse me 19 swings and misses which is the second most any ranger has had this season second only to Jacob DeGrom's last start where he had 25 swings and misses I wouldn't be surprised if (laughs) if Jacob DeGrom had you know 
30 or something in this game uh, tonight against this Royals lineup because it is not in the best of ways. But I really loved what I saw from Heaney. And even though he was only able to go five innings, the Rangers were still very much in it at that point. After five innings, the Rangers scored um they picked him up after that one run in the top of the first inning and scored on a Corey Seager solo shot, his first of the season. Of course, it came off of Zach Greinke. This Rangers team, their offense really seems to get going for pitchers who have had very good careers or are very good at the moment. And then the Rangers gave him uh, three more runs out of four uh, to one lead when he left the game after five innings. So, of course, the Rangers bring in Brock Burke. It is a high leverage situation at that point. Still just a three-run game. Burke comes in, gives up a solo shot in one of his two innings of work. That was the only base runner that he gave up. Did get a strikeout as well. And then the Rangers offense piles on a seven spot in the bottom of the sixth inning, and everything's pretty much gravy from there. You can just use Dane Dunning for a couple of mop-up innings, bring in the janitor to clean things up in a blowout game at that point. But... A really nice start from Heaney, and he was able to give them five innings, which, again, he did throw quite a few pitches. It took him quite a while. He is a different kind of pitcher than Jacob DeGrom. He is not able to go and get 10 strikeouts in five innings on efficient work. Not a whole lot of people can. That is a very difficult thing to do, and so Heaney is that strikeout guy, which is what the Rangers were targeting. It's what they thought they were getting when they got him, and it seems like he is sticking to that. The fastball was very, very good. He was able to use that at the top of the zone to get some swings and misses to set up the slide. The fastball is on and it is spinning and he is being able to use it at the top of the zone against opposing hitters, then that is going to be a good, good night for him because the slider is going to be very, very good, but it all kind of depends on how that fastball is going. So he kind of goes the way of his fastball, even though it's not his best pitch, it's just pretty good. I mean, the spin rate on it is very good. He's in the top uh, 17% of baseball in terms of fastball spin rate. It's only come in at averaging 92 miles an hour this year. But it is still very, very good. Um, the fastball velocity is in the 36th percentile of all of baseball. But he's still getting a lot of chases out of the zone because he is able to spot his fastball in the zone or was able to last night. He was able to throw a lot of changeups that were out of the zone and were effective because that fastball was playing up so well in this game. He is in the top 15% of baseball in strikeout rate at this point, um, top 20% in whiff rate, and uh, top 17% in chase rate. So all those things that he was doing very well last year, he is doing well yet again this year. He's also not allowing a whole lot of hard contact. Um, he is getting barreled quite a bit, but his average exit velocity is in the top quarter of baseball, which is kind of confusing because that's the thing that we knew about Andrew Heaney, which is why he is the number five spot in this rotation. It's like he doesn't give up the most hard contact, but when he does, it is uh, he, he gets hit over the fence quite a bit. And thankfully, he was not did not give up a home run in this one. I believe he gave up at least one in his last outing, and um, maybe it was a pair of them in those part of those seven runs that he allowed in two and two thirds innings of work against Baltimore. But still, he was really solid in this one, and having a number five starter that is a grown adult that can come in and give you five innings of absolute work, granted against a terrible lineup. But the Rangers are going to be playing a lot of pretty terrible lineups in this next month outside of a trip to Houston and a series at the end of the month against the Yankees. The Rangers are going to have to put in work against some of these bad teams, and they did that, and they absolutely got it done. The offense got it done very much in a big way as well. Coming up, we're going to get into that. A deep look at what Corey Seager has done through 10 games so far this season, and why he is really, really looking like himself last year. Might have just been an aberration. But first, this episode is brought to you by So Rare. 
Silver is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, Silverware managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there is no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. Silver recently partnered with MLB All-Stars Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez to serve as brand ambassadors, ambassadors and both are featured in Silver's current brand campaign and will engage with Silver community throughout the MLB season at MLB events. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn, that's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com, to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. Now this offense really seemed to have a knack for scoring in big innings and putting up double-digit run scoring performances against the best pitchers they faced off against Zach Granke in this one. And, you know, Granke was pretty good. And the Rangers really just got to the bullpen. That seven-run inning came in the sixth inning after Zach Granke was done for the day. They did get a pair of home runs off him, one from Corey Seager, which, again, that was his first of the season. I, I was kind of surprised that he went the entire first homestand without his first home run because... He just hits like a monster at Globe Life Field. He freaking loves it, and there's a reason why he won the ALCS MVP and the World Series MVP while playing at this stadium. I don't know what it is about this stadium, the sight lines, the way it's arranged, the whatever, but he hits like a monster at this stadium, and having him here for the next uh, this season plus eight more seasons after that plus last year is is going to do numbers for his home run total I think it's really last year even in a down year he still had a career high 33 home runs which blew his previous career high out of the water I think he's going to hit quite a few um, but again the Rangers the two best starters they faced this, this season were the first two starters um, in Zach Wheeler and Aaron Noah and they got to the Phillies for double digit runs in both of those games then Zach Greinke who is a former Cy Young winner and granted he is on the kind of down downswing of his career but he had a great first couple of starts to the season I don't think he had allowed he'd only allowed a few runs uh, yeah one run and two runs versus Minnesota and Toronto in his first two starts of the season the Rangers got him for three earned runs so yeah his his worst start of the season but last year he had a sub four ERA in 26 starts 137 innings like he's still he's still a really really good pitcher and he's working with driveline to get a little bit more of his velocity back which was kind of interesting but the rangers it, it did not matter to them and this kansas city bullpen which uh, was supposed to be low-key kind of good um well they got absolutely lit up by this rangers squad and even had to throw in some position player pitching who might have been the best pitcher on the mound for them uh, yesterday in old mr eaton the outfielder um nate eaton i should say came in throwing some gas who i believe at one point was a two-way player maybe he'll end up getting some more time on the mound but the rangers dropped a seven spot in that sixth inning uh with a home run uh, thanks in part to a home run a grand slam from mr adolis garcia that it really didn't look like he got all of it that's one of the things that i love about adolis garcia is his raw power is just so absolutely insane he just kind of golfed that thing into the left field seats and i mean I didn't know it off the bat because it looked like such a weird, awkward swing, but the, the left fielder, the center fielder kind of half-heartedly chased it, and they knew, nope, this thing is pretty much gone for the count. It is just donezo. It is all the way out there, and Dallas is like, yeah, 
Yeah, I just kind of do that. He was making up for, I believe, an earlier mistake. I mean, not that he was doing this on purpose, but he's had a couple of weird misplays at Oles Garcia in the outfield. In the last three games, he had a miscatch that was ruled a double in Chicago while playing in center field. And this time, he actually was ruled uh, an error as opposed to a double in right field, a ball he just kind of overran, which is just not super not super emblematic of, of who I think he is defensively. He is a very good defender. He is in the top 10% of outfielder jump, but in the outs above average, this is kind of something that showed last year is that he'd get good jumps and then he'd kind of have some misplays. Luis Tavares had a couple of those last year as well. It's just kind of like weird little like miscues of things that good defensive outfielders don't usually do, which is just, it's, it's just confusing to see because he is so fast, so athletic. He does take pretty good routes, and they both do have huge arms. Um, again, by the way, uh, some notes on on uh, Leo Tavares while we're talking about it. He has been playing with Frisco. He was bumped up to dub or to AAA in his rehab outing. It'll he will be playing today as I'm recording this. Um, they had a game at noon, so shouldn't be too long. Maybe by the end of the week, I think we'll see Leo Tavares back in the lineup. Um, but still, Adolis Garcia. Pretty great offensive numbers. And what I've been really impressed with is his walk rate um, so far this year. He's in the 43rd percentile of walk rate, which doesn't sound doesn't sound insanely good. It's not anything crazy. I mean, MLB average is 8.4%. This year he's at 7%. But he's gone up 1% each of the last two years. Grant, it is still early, but I think this is going to be one of the biggest changes for him offensively. Uh, his first full season in the big leagues, he had a 5.1% walk rate, which was in the bottom 1% of the league. Last year, jumped it all the way up to 6.1. This year, he's at 7.0. If he can keep that high or maybe even get it even higher, that is a hugely, hugely beneficial thing. But Corey Seager, it taken him a while to get his first couple of extra base hits. He got his first two doubles of the season on the road in Chicago. Looked really good offensively there. It just looked really good offensively for his his full time in the Rangers, I think. He hasn't ever really looked out of place or anything. The numbers just didn't quite bear it out last year. The shift had some some adverse effects to him, but this year, I mean, it seems like pitchers are just really, really scared to go at him. He's got eight walks to lead the team. He's more than double the next uh, leading walker. Uh, there's a, quite a few, almost everybody in the lineup feels like has uh, three walks on the season. Mitch Garver, uh, Josh Smith, Adoles Garcia, Robbie Grossman, and uh, Nathaniel Lowe as well all have three walks on the year, which uh, that's kind of cool. Adoles Garcia being up there among the walk leaders on this team. But Corey Seager has eight to just seven strikeouts. He's hitting 324 through 10 games this season, an on base of 435, slugging 486, an OPS of 921. All of those advanced numbers look exactly where you would expect Corey Seager to have them. He is in the top 5% of not chasing out of the league, top 10% in walk rate, barreling up in the top. 11% of baseball. His average exit velocity is hitting the absolute crap out of baseball. It's the top 4% of the league. Max exit velocity, top 7%. Hard hit percentage in the top 10%. The dude is just barreling everything. That is the thing that I really love about Corey Seager's game. It doesn't matter what type of pitch it is. It doesn't matter where it is. The guy just hits the absolute snot out of it um, and does it to all fields and walks at a good rate. He's not been super great defensively at shortstop this year and we kind of knew or at least I kind of suspected that he would take a little bit of a step back with the shift being banned so he's has, having to show off his range a little bit more having to show off his quickness which is not necessarily his strength I do think eventually he will move over to third base that probably won't happen this year probably won't happen next year maybe the year after that Maybe. I mean, he is still in his, what, age 29 uh, season. He is still 28, doesn't turn 29, I believe, until, um, yeah, 
April 27th. So he's still got a couple weeks before he turns 29. He's still on the right side of 30. And um, he is absolutely mashing all over the diamond. And, you know, third base is currently occupied by Josh Young, who did have his first day off. Um, it was a little bit of a rough series in Chicago offensively. But again, it's it's one day. He'll be fine. <laughs> Give him an off day against that Granky and then have him come back into the lineup and absolutely mash. But the Rangers were able to get some more guys into the lineup that were able to have some pretty big games coming up. We're going to look at Bubba Thompson having another big game and a surprise baseball reference war leader for the Texas Rangers 10 games into the season. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays are back, and there is no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 in bonus bets if yours doesn't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Now, this offense is fairly deep, and one of the things that I pointed out in uh, yesterday's episode is that when this offense is going well, it is going to be, um, or when this, the bottom of this lineup is going well, the offense is going to be absolutely fantastic. We know what the top three in this order is, and we know that they are, for the most part, going to be very, very good. Side note, uh, it's been a little bit of a rough start for Marcus Simeon, did have a good first series and didn't have to wait too long for his first homer of the season. Thankfully, we're not going to have to wait until May 28th or whatever it was last year, but um, he's got an OPS of 548 at this point. He Again, he is a slow starter. It's not as slow as last year, but the at-bats have been good and I'm not super worried. Um, but still, the bottom of this lineup, when it steps up, it steps up in a big, big way. Having the Adoles Garcia Grand Slam was great, but also getting contributions from Jonah Heim who's going to be the Rangers' everyday catcher for quite some time, at least the next 10 days. Mitch Garber have been, has been placed on the 10-day IL with a mild left knee sprain. Sandy Leone is up from Round Rock. They did not call up Sam Huff because they want Sam Huff to get everyday at-bats. And the Rangers are trying to win some baseball games, so Jonah Heim is going to get quite a bit of time. Sandy Leone is fine. Um, they also had to make some room on the 40-man roster, so they ended up they ended up putting old Spencer Howard on the 60-day IL. I don't know how much of him we're going to see this season at the major level or maybe even ever again i don't know i haven't even gone there with with spencer howard because he has been unfortunately one of the lesser or maybe fortunately one of the lesser concerns um same with uh glenn otto there's not been an update there and three of those you know number three of your i don't know numbers six through nine starters three out of the four are injured for a significant portion of this season which or all of the season uh, i think that's kind of interesting but right now the top of five of the rangers rotation have looked pretty darn good um even andrew heaney coming in with this clutch start but the anyway i was talking about the bottom of this offense i talked a lot about bubba, bubba thompson um not josh smith i tried to combine them in one person josh smith did play third base in this one but bubba thompson also came up with a big hit um it was a little bit tough for him to face off against a guy like cranky because he has such pinpoint command of of his pitches and a guy who has made big big strides of pitch recognition and understanding the strike zone and staying in the strike zone for a guy who was so freaking good like Zach Cranky, even in his advanced age, especially maybe even at his advanced age, of 
just dotting pitches right off the zone. Still a really good game for Bubba Thompson. A double, his third of the season. That came off Coleman. That was in the six-run seventh inning and was one of the key hits to kind of keep that rally going. He's played some pretty decent defense out there in left field. Um, Travis Jankowski had another big day offensively. He had a pretty decent day on Sunday, continued it with a second straight start he played in center field had a multi-hit game and a walk really nice to see him coming up he had his second double the season off of Zach Greinke and it's just nice to see him getting out there and um fun fact if you were if you were to take a guess who do you think the Rangers baseball reference war leader is 10 games into the season who do you think hmm I don't know maybe it's Corey Seager I don't know Martin Perez has had a couple of good games maybe it's maybe it's Nathaniel Lowe nope you're wrong it's Travis Jankowski (laughs) Yeah, Travis Jankowski, who has only played in uh, five games, nine plate appearances so far this season. He does have a 1,500 OPS, hitting over 570 um, on base of 667 and slugging 857. That's totally sustainable, right? I mean, him and Bubba Thompson both have OPSs over 1,000 on the season. That's surely going to sustain, right? No, no, that's not going to sustain, but but that's fine. Um, just like that Mitch Garver injury is probably not going to sustain. It was a left a mild left knee sprain. It should be only 10 days. Listen to Emily Jones on the broadcast talking about it. Um, he sustained the injury due to uh, when he was in, in Chicago, he was trying to get out of the way of a tag going to second base and kind of just landed on his knee wrong. It shouldn't be all that bad. It should be just the 10 day IL stint. So we'll see Sandy Leon here for the next 10 days. And then we'll see what happens after that. Um, but again, the Rangers are having a couple injuries of guys coming back up. I'm interested to see, with uh, the Leoti news, with Leoti coming back probably sometime this week, I thought for sure Travis Jankowski was going to be the first guy who was going to be sent down, cut off the 40-man roster. Maybe it'll end up being Bubba Thompson, but again, he's also been pretty impressive in his time here. I think it might end up being Bubba because Travis has done such a good job. I trust him a little bit more in center field and a little bit more in right field just because his arm is a little bit bigger than Bubba Thompson's. That's no knock on Bubba, but you can also get him some more at bats every day. In AAA, I don't remember exactly who else is out in that outfield outside of Clint Frazier that you're super intent on getting every day at bats to, but getting Bubba some every day at bats, he does still have major league options left and maybe keeping Travis Jankowski. If he keeps hitting like this and keeps putting up numbers, it's going to be hard to send him back down. I mean, you can, and that was kind of the intent of once he was on the opening day roster. It's like, all right, well, Whenever, whenever Leody Tavares does get back, it's probably going to be Travis Jankowski that gets sent back down. But, I mean, he's only played in five games, but still, he's made a big impact in all of those games. And as a defensive replacement, as a offensive starter, like he has come up big. You can't ask much more of him. It is a tiny sample size, and he's probably not going to have an OPS of 1,500 for all that much longer. But Still, he's contributed, and that's all you can ask. And just getting the most out of your team every day, getting wins every day, that is what this team is about. Your Texas Rangers are 6-4 and four atop the AL West all by themselves. There are only two teams with better records than them in the entirety of the American League. One of those is the 10-0 Tampa Bay Rays, who have been phenomenal so far to start the season. But again, they've played mostly trash teams. They're 10-0, and and... I don't think their offense is necessarily going to sustain of them hitting like three home runs or whatever it is uh, every freaking game. They're not going to just beat the absolute tar out of everybody. Wander Franco has been absolutely incredible, though. Four home runs for him. Uh, the Rangers, thankfully, 
don't see them for a little while, so hopefully they can slow down and cool off. The other team that is better than the Rangers so far in the American League is the Cleveland Guardians at 7-4. and four. The Rangers are top their division by themselves. The Astros still have a losing record. The Angels are at 5-5, five and five, and the Mariners are at 4-7. and seven. Good to see these Texas Rangers on top of the division, even if it is for, you know, the first, whatever, how many, 10 days, 10 games into the season, two weeks or so? One, one and a half weeks, and whatever, however long it's been. At any point, it is good to see these Texas Rangers on top of the American League West by themselves. No tiebreakers, no whatevers. It is just their, your Texas Rangers, and hopefully they're going to stay there for a while. If they can win two out of three in Houston, that would be absolutely massive for this team, especially if they can come in there coming off a sweep against the Royals on a four-game winning streak with that being kicked off on Sunday against those Cubs. The Rangers are in a good place right now, and I feel really good about where this team is. The starting pitching, the offense is kicking back up. My, if my main concern right now is just Marcus Simeon having kind of a slow start to the season, then I think these Rangers are in a very, very good place. But I did want to mention Jonah Heim, who has been on a little bit of a hot streak with Mitch Garver on the IL. It's good to see him stepping back up. He had a great first game of the season, a multi-hit game, um, and a double to score the first runs for the Texas Rangers in the season opener against Philadelphia. And now he, he had a kind of rough next few games against Baltimore and one against Philly. And then in Chicago, he kind of stepped up. He's been on a three-game hit streak. I know it's just three games, but that that's all we have to go on. So we're going to look in very deeply at the small sample size. But multi-hit games in his last two got on base three times in this most recent game, including his first home run of the season. Good to see him just getting out there and getting on base at a good clip. He's had some very good at-bats, and he's had kind of confusing numbers at times so far this season. He is hitting 292 with an on-base of 320, slugging 458, a 778 OPS, which is 18% above league average and a little bit better than Nathaniel Lowe's 757 OPS, which puts him second among the everyday starters. Um, which is a very, very nice thing to see. Jonah Heim coming up big. We saw him have a big first half of the season last year and then kind of slow down towards the back half of the year just with the workload being a whole, whole bunch on him. And... Mitch Garver already on the IL after six games, who, again, is putting up some big numbers, a pair of home runs, and a 943 OPS in 22 plate appearances. Mitch Garver is a big question mark that is not, it's looking like the Rangers can't super rely on him all the time. But he is a huge, huge bonus for when he is back in the lineup and healthy. He is going to really make a big impact on this offense. So you don't have to have everyday at DH at-bats from Brad Miller. No shade to him or to Robbie Grossman, who is back in the lineup at DH. I, I'm glad that we're just seeing a little bit less of Robbie Grossman in right field. And with Leody hopefully coming back and with Travis Jankowski and Bubba Thompson both stepping up in a big way in their um whatever moments there in the games I'm hoping that we can just see more of Adoles Garcia in right field because I think I'm a little bit over him in center field I just think that that is the best place and just having Adoles Garcia's arm in right field and not any of these other guys' arm and his athleticism has been good Grossman has been um it's been a little bit of a struggle for him defensively more than I thought I thought he'd be like just fine just put him every day in left field he's decently fast um it seems like he's a little bit slower the arm's not great but it's fine it has been a little bit worse he's had some kind of bad routes to balls he hasn't played a whole lot of right field so i think that tripped him up a little bit he's had some misadventures in right field on opening day um and i believe against the cubs as well in that game where everything just kind of went to crap i believe he also had some misadventures in right field i don't know if he had necessarily had an error and he hasn't had 
that many errors defensively, but it's just been kind of like misplays. They're like, okay, that's that's just not how you should be playing that. So I, I think just sticking him in left field for now. And if somebody else ends up winning the job, if you know Ezekiel Duran kinds of kind of busts out and makes you give him a look at everyday left fielder, that's the reason you sign Robbie Grossman. He's there to kind of provide a baseline level where if things things aren't going great and you just need someone who's fine, you can just stick in there and you know he'll kind of churn the lineup through and be okay. That's what you get. But if someone else breaks out, if I don't know say you're halfway through the season and Evan Carter's hitting like 500 in double A and then comes up and hits like 600 for two weeks in triple A and you're like, all right, this guy just has to be at the big league level. Then like you can put him there. Or if I don't know, somebody else, like if Bubba Thompson just starts breaking out and continues hitting, you know, 364 with a 818 slugging percentage. Not that I think that's going to be the case. And he wins the job in left field. Then you can be like, okay, well we have Robbie Grossman here for some depth. And I think that that, is a healthy place to be. Hopefully we can see a little bit more of a normal outfield arrangement for the near future. Just giving Robbie, giving uh, Bubba Thompson and Travis Jankowski some time in center field because, you know, they've earned it. And it's nice to see them earning it and coming up for big winning plays in winning games for a winning Texas Rangers team atop the AOS. But that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Rangers. Tomorrow, I'll be back to talk about hopefully another absolute gem from Jacob deGrom. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every single day. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.